As a first responder and as a chaplain, when COVID first hit, I really wasn't that worried about it. But when I started seeing people die of it, the reality of it settled home for me. And I remember laying in bed one night, recognizing that I could potentially become exposed and become gravely ill, even die. And so I took some time to write a letter to both my wife and my mother, letting them know what to do if I should die from COVID. So we were in the midst of COVID and I was on my deck looking out uh, over my yard and just uh, thanking God for the property that he had given me here. And it just really dawned on me, you know, how can we use this property, this yard uh, for God's service? So COVID presented me with a decision. I either needed to retreat and be safe or I needed to press in and continue to do what I believe God has always called me to do. And so that process was a difficult one for me, but I had a question. One, did God really call me? And I believed he had. And two, what did I value more? Did I value my safety and my comfort more than what I believe God had called me to do? And so it made sense to me that if I truly believe that to live is Christ and to die is gain, that I truly believe that there's no greater thing I can do than to lay down my life for my friends. If there's no greater thing that I can do than to love others with the same love that Jesus has loved us, then I needed to press in and not fall back. I received an email from the church uh, looking for homes uh, to serve as backyard church. And, uh, and I just knew right then that that was God saying that I needed to sign up. So we started out in the backyard, and as it got colder, we went to garage church, and then we moved to living room church to stay a little warmer. Um, it was an amazing experience. Uh, we had uh, the Pivot guys came one Sunday. We had out-of-town guests, some people from church I had never met before. Uh, even my parents were able to join a couple of Sundays. Um, but it was just great. We were able to worship together, pray for one another, really encourage each other. Um, we were the church and uh, we really uh, felt the living hope of Jesus. I am so glad we were able to use my backyard, but I am the one that was most blessed by this experience. COVID presented a lot of unique ministry opportunities. Some of them were small and positive, right? Like bringing meals to people, to first responders on behalf of Black Rock Church. Others of them were a little bit more troublesome and sorrowful, like presiding over funerals and helping people through contemplating loss and death. In all of those situations though, it was a joy to present the living hope of Jesus Christ. That even though we're in darkness, we don't have to fear because we can rest in the confidence of a resurrected Savior who turns darkness into light. It's so true, isn't it, that uh, the pandemic forced everyone to face what's probably the biggest question in life. Uh, the biggest question is, uh, will I live each day with this underlying insecurity, or will I live each day of my life with living hope? So Lynn uh, answered this big question uh, by deciding that instead of isolating in insecurity with living hope, she'd open her home, uh, welcoming people to worship. Uh, Stephen uh, decided that instead of crawling into a self protection 
uh, due to insecurity. With living hope, uh, he'd keep doing his part uh, as a first responder to save lives. And the same question is uh, posed to your life over this uh, past year and every day. The big question is, will you live each and every day with this underlying insecurity, or will you live each day with living hope? And I know which one you want. You want to live each day with living hope, this permanent confidence that allows you to not hold back, but to live in the fullness of the love and joy and peace and purpose and power that you were created for. So I'm going to tell you in a moment where you can find, the only place you can find, this living hope. But let's first review where hope is not found. Uh, the permanent confidence that we're looking for cannot be found in just wishful thinking or a fictional positivity, because that's just fantasy hope, and living hope is no fantasy. A quick story, my uh, son and daughter, when they were in the first, second, third grade, uh, every, uh, uh, every week, once a week, they would uh, go to their grandparents' house after school. And they would get, of course, uh, spoiled with uh, unlimited snacks and great entertainment. And uh, part of that entertainment was watching a bunch of great movies. And one of the repeat favorites was the movie The Sound of Music, which, of course, follows the true story of the Von Trapp family. Uh, to my twins, however, the, the Sound of Music was this uh, very brief um, cute story of a lady who teaches kids how to sing and ends with a nice romance between this uh, teenage girl, Liesel, and her boyfriend, Rolf. And that was my kid's take because their grandparents would stop the sound of music in the same place every time at that uh, famous gazebo scene where uh, Liesel sings to Rolf, uh, I am 16 going on 17, and Rolf sings to Liesel, I am 17 going on 18. And uh, since for them, uh, the movie ended right there, my twins had no idea how the story after that point gets kind of dark. You know, how sure, uh, Liesel is 16 going on 17, but unfortunately, Rolf is 17 going on the Third Reich. You know, he's a Nazi. And uh, the truth is, uh, he's going to blow the whistle in a little bit and spring the old Von Trapp on Liesel and uh, her whole family. Uh, of course, eventually, someone was going to unknowingly ruin my kids' lives and their ninth birthday party by uh, showing them the whole Sound of Music complete with all the Nazis, uh, which I apologize for again. Uh, the point is that uh, until that worst ever birthday party, uh, my kids were living under a fantasy hope because they did not have the whole story. Uh, to them, uh, the sound of music was just this uh, story of uh, kids singing when the story is actually a real story of real people caught in a real worldwide conflict between good and evil, which is a pretty good description of the whole story that our lives are set in and why a hope that's based on fantasy will never rescue you from a life that lives each day under this constant insecurity. Some listening to me right now, you are 
putting fantasy hope in a fantasy Rolf who will betray you. I mean, you're putting hope in human beings who fail or relationships that falter or circumstances that change, dreams that fall apart, a physical beauty that fades, physical body that can't help but fall into injury and sickness and eventually death. Trying to find permanent confidence in the temporary, insecure things of this world is hopeless. Living hope is only found in the permanent one, the one who has had no beginning and will have no end. Living hope is found only in a never-ending, never-failing personal relationship with the ever-living one who makes death temporary by giving life eternal to those who receive him and his resurrection power. This is the living hope that Peter found when he looked into that empty tomb and into the face of the risen Jesus as we read in that scripture or that scripture that was read for us a little while ago. Now, what exactly did Peter find in the resurrection? What did the resurrection mean to Peter? Well, we don't have to wonder because Peter and his belief statement is written in scripture in his own words. See, after seeing the empty tomb and the risen Jesus, uh, Peter started going worldwide, spreading the good news that God had come in the flesh in the person of Jesus, who had died on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, but that Jesus did not stay dead, but that Jesus is living, and those who follow in a personal relationship with him receive the forgiveness of their sins and receive the indwelling Holy Spirit and receive the power to stop putting hopeless uh, faith into things that are temporary and insecure in this world, but instead live each day with this permanent confidence that Peter called a living hope. And we know that's what Peter called it because shortly before he was executed for spreading the good news of Jesus, uh, he wrote these words to his fellow Christ followers in a letter called First Peter, which Peter, where Peter says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So what exactly did uh, Peter find in the resurrection of Jesus? Well, it flipped Peter's answer to the big question in life. Before Jesus rose from the dead, uh, Peter was just like us. He was living in this constant underlying insecurity that left him a little bit worried every day, a little bit angry every day, and a big time people pleaser. And in fact, Peter was so insecure that he ended up denying Jesus three times and then hiding in shame as his friend Jesus suffered alone on the cross. But then beginning at Easter, Peter was reborn with new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Peter flipped his answer to the big question and went from this underlying insecurity to this permanent 
confidence in a personal relationship with the ever-living Jesus. Peter became the fearless leader of the church who endured prison and torture and beatings and eventual execution, all with this permanent confidence that allowed him to live each day without holding anything back to the fullness of boldness and love and joy and peace and power, not just because he saw the tomb empty, but because, Jesus, because Peter knew Jesus, the person who had left the tomb and was alive and living in him. That's what Peter means by living hope. He means that he has a permanent confidence because of a living Jesus who lives in and through him. Now, listen, I am a huge fan of Abraham Lincoln. I love reading biographies about uh, Abraham Lincoln and all the great things that he did. I love reading his own words and I just admire uh, his writing. Not many of you know this, but uh, I actually have documented uh, ancestry linking me to Lincoln uh, on my father's side. I am Lincoln's second cousin, seven times removed. Honest Abe, honest Abe. Uh, our family, you know, doesn't, doesn't lie on these things, just like honest Abe. Uh, I know this sounds like all awesome, but uh, it does have its downsides. Uh, for instance, given our history, uh, I'm still very uneasy in theaters. It's always, you know, uh, what, too soon? 150 years? What? But uh, I so admire Abraham Lincoln. And I remember uh, recently going to the tomb of uh, Lincoln in Springfield, Illinois, and it was thrilling to just stand inches uh, from this marble crypt that held the remains of this one who was a great leader who did great things, who said great things, and set a great number of people free. But Abraham Lincoln does not do any of those things today. Maybe he gave hope to people in the past, but he does not give hope or confidence to anybody today. But Jesus is different. On Easter morning, Peter found Jesus' tomb empty because Jesus was alive. On this Easter, Jesus' tomb is still empty because Jesus is still alive. Jesus is still leading if you will follow him. Jesus is still doing great things if you'll open your eyes. Jesus is still say, saying great things if you'll open your ears. Jesus is still setting people free if you will allow him to release you from the shackles of your insecurity. Jesus is still living and he is still giving living hope. And Jesus specializes in bringing dead things to life. And so today, if you let him, Jesus can raise your dead dreams, your dead relationships, your dead plans, dead prospects, dead purpose. Jesus specializes in raising dead people like me and you. So today, allow Jesus to take living residence in you and he will flip your big answer to this big question. And you'll go from this underlying insecurity to permanent confidence. Like Peter, you will 
uh, find in Jesus' resurrection power all the power you need to go from being a victim to a victor, uh, from a herder to a healer, uh, from uh, a powerless to having power that cures your wounds on the inside with power to overcome evil on the outside, to forgive those who hurt you, to love those who hate you, power that makes a world of change in you and power that can make you have power to change the world in Jesus' name through a relationship with Jesus who is the ever-living one and the only one who can empower you to live each day with living hope. Let's pray. Jesus, you are alive and you are here. You are next to each one of us wherever we are. And you are offering us power. You're offering us the power to flip our answer to the big question and go from this underlying insecurity to this permanent confidence, this living hope. Lord, some of us right now are realizing that we don't have a personal relationship with you. And so, Lord, would you hear those who are just in the quiet of their heart right now, whispering their desire to receive your forgiveness through their belief in what you did on the cross for them. And Lord, as they pray to receive this forgiveness and receive your Holy Spirit, Lord, would you give them a whole new start to life? And then Lord, for the rest of us who follow you, hear us now as we pray to receive power, your resurrection power that allows us to leave behind a life of underlying insecurity, for a life that's full of all the love and joy and purpose and power that comes with your living hope. When COVID-19 started, I couldn't believe that something so aggressive and unexpected was happening um, to me and to, the, and to the whole world. Um, even though that uh, I didn't lose my job um, because of my profession as a chef, um, I know that that couldn't happen at any time. I was so um, devastating by watching how people around me were losing their jobs, their, um, their helps, and uh, their family members. So recently I lost my mom and um, she was my best friend. Um, so it has been very difficult. Um, it was a hard time trying to figure out um, what my faith was about because we prayed together. Um, she prayed for me, um, I prayed for her. So my faith was very much defined along with my mom. During that time, I felt like I was just existing, just kind of going through the motions and not truly living. Um, yeah, it was just hard. Fear was just not a thought this past year. It became a reality for many of us. It wasn't easy to choose um, hope, but because um, God brought me through so many things in my life, I didn't have any more room for doubt. God was able to redeem my life from addiction. God was able to restore my marriage and the relationship with my family. 
and he continues to walk me through the loss of my younger son. I was the type of person that came to church. Um, I served where I was needed and asked, and most of those um, serving opportunities were things that felt safe. I started to become more open, and God presented opportunities. And the types of opportunities that I found coming my way were not opportunities that I would necessarily seek out or opportunities that I would say yes to. But because I was open to serving God, whatever that looked like, um, I was saying yes. And one of those opportunities was fusion. Serving as a fusion leader has really changed my life. I mean, I hope that in serving girls in high school ministry that hopefully I've been able to influence them and helping them grow and develop in their own faith. Just the other opportunities that have come my way. You know, it's not just you come every Tuesday, you sit, but the relationships that you develop, getting to know these kids, it's just opened up my heart in so many ways. Every day I think about my life and how can I not have hope? How can I not have hope having gone through what I've gone through? How can I not have hope for the future? It's just me stepping into saying yes to God and leaving the rest up to Him. When the church decided to start making meals for our community, I was really excited to be part of it and to use my chef skills to serve our community. It was beautiful to serve with volunteers and see people receive these meals so gratefully. This past year, we gave out over 12,000 meals to our community. This year, I learned living hope is active hope. Hope is not a fantasy we walk towards. Hope is walking with Jesus. Thank you for watching Black Rock Church's Sunday service. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message made you feel more connected to God. In talking about connection, we find that it's super important for people to be connected to others and to community in order to grow in their faith. So if you're in the area, we invite you to join us to worship in a service. You can find out about our times and locations right here on this webpage. We'd also love to help you connect in a group and find people who can walk alongside you as you continue deepening your understanding and faith. And after you get to know us, you might even like to use your gifts to serve on a team. We believe God gave each of us unique gifts that we can use to serve those around us, one body with many different parts. If you're not able to be here in person, don't worry. We have a great online community and many ways for you to join in virtually and talk to us throughout the week. You can also stay in touch on our website, YouTube channel, Facebook, and Instagram. By visiting our website, you can also easily give your offering one time as an online gift or a reoccurring gift. Just click Give at the top. The Bible tells us that tithing is an important part of our relationship with Jesus, and we want to continue to trust God with our lives and our finances. Well, we are so glad you made the choice to get to know us and view one of our services. We hope that you join us next week. Thanks so much for watching.